Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Friday Live. It's just me today. Tim is out on, I'm going to guess it's going to say a vacation. Um, he's visiting his kids and uh, having a good time. So it's just going to be me today. Um, and so I'm kind of running the stream by myself and, and trying to watch all your comments and things. But if you are out there today, um, hi, Lauren. Good to see you. I'm glad you could join us. If you're out there, let us know you're watching. I'll try to at least give you a little shout out. And uh, as we go into studying Romans chapter 4, um, got some great stuff. Hey, Josemar, um, greetings from Huamave, Mexico. All right, we're officially international. Um, but uh, it's good to see everybody here with us. I got a couple of announcement type things. Want to want to kind of get on the table uh, before we get started. And then we'll jump into Romans chapter 4. But this Sunday at 6 p.m., uh, we'll be, Tim and I at least, maybe the rest of the mission team, I'm not sure, um, we'll be at Central Baptist Church in Athens. Um, that's over on Prairieville, and it's for their 6 p.m. evening service. And um, and so uh, if you want to join us, what we're going to be doing is sharing um, the mission trip from Mexico um, that we just got back from with the pastoral training. We're going to be sharing some slides and a video, um, giving some testimony about how things went down there, um, that sort of a thing. And then, so if you would like to hear that information and, uh, you know, would, would like to join us for that, be um, at the Central Baptist Church in Athens at 6 o'clock. Also, this week, a good friend of mine, uh, B.J. Waymeyer uh, from Canton, he, he is the artist behind Revelation 320 Art. And uh, we've worked together in the past, but he started a campaign where um, he is uh, trading his artwork or prints and or original artwork um, in exchange. Instead of when you, when you buy that print, instead of him just taking the money and, you know, buying a new set of golf clubs, um, a portion of that's going into the Mexico mission there in Huamave, um, outside of Victoria City. And then uh, part of it will be going here for the Mana Project or the Mana Food Bank here in Canton, uh, the Canton Martinsville Van Zandt area. And so uh, check him out, Revelation 320 Art um, on Facebook. We've got a link on our Crucibles Fire Facebook page. Um, we've been sharing that. And so we actually um, just yesterday made our first donation down into to the uh, ministry down in Mexico um, through the Revelation 320 Art program. And uh, they're going to, it'll help them fund for three months. We'll help them fund, uh, a, it's like a vacation Bible school type thing that they do through the summer. They do it about once a quarter. It's a big deal. We'll be sharing some pictures of that um, on Sunday night. And so come out and help us with that. Also, um, we are working on planning another training opportunity for pastors in Mexico. Um, and uh, and so just kind of keep your ears open and, and keep watch on, on social media and on Facebook and those sorts of things, and uh, we'll be talking more about that. Um, we have the potential for there to be quite a few pastors this time. Um, we had 26 last time, and I don't, I don't know. Um, it, it could be much bigger. I mean, it could be four times that. And so we'll be looking at some options and some ideas about how to, how to fund that, um, maybe even down to where um, you can sponsor a pastor type of a thing. Um, it takes about $100 a head for the pastors just for the materials, not including transportation, um, food, and lodging. And so uh, we'll, we'll be working on that and, and keep you posted. Another thing that's coming up, won't cost you a dime. August the 14th, um, from 4 to about 9, 9.30, um, here at the Bridge Fellowship Church in Martins Mill, we'll be having a men's night of renewal. 
Um, we'd love to to have you. We would love to have you come. We're going to just have a night of prayer, of renewal, of kingdom discussion. We're going to have some great speakers in that night. And uh, it'll be different than what anything you probably ever used to going to for a men's you know, retreat or outing or anything like that. Um, it'll just be a little bit different. That's all I can tell you. And I uh, wanted you to come out. That's August the 14th. It's a Saturday evening from 4 to 9. And then we'll be meeting back again. Go home and sleep in your own bed. We'll be meeting back again around 8 o'clock on Sunday morning back at the Student Center there at the Bridge Fellowship um, for breakfast and for um, um, some, a time of prayer. Uh, be in prayer again for uh, the ministry. We are continuing to try to move into our new new office, new studio area. Um, I'm hoping to be in that by the end of the summer. Um, we'll see how all of that goes, you know, with funds and work and all of that sort of thing. So y'all just keep praying about that. And, uh, we really would hope to, to move into that, uh, pretty soon or as soon as we can. Um, I guess without any further ado, we'll jump into Romans chapter four. I want to leave us in a brief word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you do. Bless our time together in Jesus name. Amen. When we started doing Friday live, I mean, it really started as a Bible study. We actually started this on zoom and would have people join in on Zoom and then try to play that later. Um, we just started doing this live uh, uh, just to see who would want to jump in. We actually get most of our views after we're off the air. But again, I want to say if you're out there and you're watching with us, I know Lauren and, and uh, Pastor Gomez have have logged in, and i got several of you I see out there watching. So please uh, let's let us know you're out there. Give us a comment, like, thumbs up, something like that. It helps us with the... Uh, those silly Facebook algorithms. But anyway, Romans chapter 4. Last week we talked and we kind of finished up chapter 3 and we talked about, let me summarize Romans 1 through 3. Um, the wrath of God's coming against unrighteousness. You and I are full of unrighteousness and we're in danger. Uh, nobody seeks after God, Romans 3 says, but it actually gives us some hope um, at the end of, of Romans 3. Um, that the justification before God, in other words, um, we can stand before God as not guilty um, because of our faith in him. And, and what we're going to jump into in Romans chapter 4 and what you'll see there is the Apostle Paul makes some pretty interesting and, and to me pretty exciting uh, analogies. Uh, and we'll, I'm going to read a little bit and then let's just chat in Romans chapter 4. See if I can get this where I can actually see it. It's really downside about the camera setup is it's really dark in here. In Romans 4, the Bible says, What then will we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? I love the fact that in Romans... Um, one of the fundamental question that the Apostle Paul then begins to say to us is, what is it that the Scriptures say? What is it that God is saying to us through His Word? And he says if, if Abraham was justified by what he did, then he's got something to boast about, but not before God. In other words, he would have said, hey, that's a great feat, um, but it's not something that you can brag about or, or have any kind of a standing with before God. God's not here for your works. Um, and so he says in there, in pick up in verse 3, it says in the scriptures that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him, credited to him for righteousness. Now remember, righteousness is the thing that's at stake here. The wrath of God is coming against what, according to Romans 1? 
all unrighteousness. And so it's like at the Passover. He was coming, um, and if he saw the blood, he passed over. Um, when he didn't see the blood, the firstborn was taken. In in this grander sense, I want to. It's not exactly like that. Um, we are looking in here, and it says that the wrath of God's coming against unrighteousness. So when unrighteousness is found, the wrath of God will find a place to exercise. But when righteousness is found, the wrath of God is stayed. And so we're looking for righteousness to be what we are, to be righteous. Romans 3 tells us there is none righteous. We're in a bad spot. We're in a bad place. And so, but the justification means that the righteousness that God is looking for as his wrath is coming, as his wrath will be brought about, that that righteousness is what is brought to us by faith. It's actually Christ's righteousness set over us. Um, the theological term is imputed to us. It's laid on us. We're gonna, we'll are gonna we talk about that more in a minute. But he says, So now to the one who works, pay is not credited as a gift, but as something owed. I love this analogy that he makes here. If you've got a job, or if you've ever had a job, you, you get this. If you go to work, you expect to be paid, right? I mean, I do. Uh, I mean, like right now, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not punching time. I'm not. I'm not getting paid for right now. But when I am working, um, when I'm not on my lunch break, when I'm, you know, I'm. It's not evening time. It's eight five or whatever your your schedule is. You expect to get paid, and that's what that verse says. He says, "To the one who works, pay is not credited as a gift." In other words, when the when your boss comes in and gives you your paycheck after the end of a couple of weeks of work. You don't thank him as if he just gave you a gift and, you know, he's so benevolent or whatever. Or she is so benevolent. No, you earned that money. Uh, that's It's actually your money. And and it says in there, it says, but it is something that was owed. And so I like this analogy because, and I, and I got some notes here, and then I'll, I'll never repeat what I was thinking. I actually wrote these out on the balcony in Waikiki when we were on vacation. Um, but I, I like it. It said, that the one who works is ultimately in control of this transaction. Ultimately, the worker could choose not to work, thus releasing the employer from the transaction. Let me put it to you like this. If I don't work, the my employer has no obligation to pay me. But if I choose to work, they are then obligated to pay me, even under contractual law in the United States. Um, there are things that, that protect you legally. I mean, if you've worked and you're, they owe you money. It's not a gift, okay? And really, that puts the person working in the control seat, because we can either bind them to the to the transaction or we can release them from the transaction by working or not working. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Um, and so we get into here, and he says, "But in verse five, but to the one who does not work, but believes on him who declares the ungodly to be righteous, his faith is credited to him for righteousness. In other words, it's just, this is not something that God owes us. We're not in charge of this transaction. We just believe God. Abraham just believed God. That's it. Abraham, God gave him a word. Now, did he believe him 100% right at the beginning? Well, if you read the story, you'll find that he did waver he did have uh, some issues in there in terms of his uh, his uh, what's his his belief before God, um, because you know, him and Sarah tried to work it out all by themselves. 
but the big deal about this context is this. Y'all ever, okay, maybe you, you have, maybe you haven't, but when you, if you've been around church long enough, you probably remember the song Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, so are you, so let's just praise the Lord. There you go, it's your entertainment for the day. Um, but Father Abraham, and, and the idea was is that Abraham's the father of all Jews. And by lineage, I mean, you know, circumcision, they are lineage Jews. He, they are the people of God, the children of Abraham. They are a race of people. Um, and, and there's a physical lineage to Abraham, and that, that Abraham is, is the, the father of the Jews. And we, we kind of get that. But the contrast that's being made here is, is that Abraham's following of the law through circumcision, through all the other things, is not what justified him before God or in another way shielded him from the wrath of God that's coming that made him justified before God. It wasn't that. It was his faith. Because, see, he had faith before he had the law. He had his faith before he had the circumcision. Circumcision kind of being a symbol of the law. Let's keep reading. Uh, well, let's, let's get to that in a second. Because um, we're going to get talking about David here in just a second. I wrote in my notes. Let me just, just read you what I wrote. The one who believes without works, that's what the scripture says. To him it is credited as righteousness, or in other words, the righteousness is gifted to him because of his faith. When we have our faith in Christ and we put our faith in God, he gifts us. He imputes us his righteousness, which incidentally the scriptures teach us is the only righteousness that can satisfy a just and a holy and a righteous God from whom the wrath of God is coming. Now, this is not one of those, I'm not a necessarily a fire and brimstone kind of guy. I was telling Tim last week, I mean, I can, I can do that. I've done that in the past. And yet there is this weight that we see from Romans that the wrath of God is coming. Um, and, and, and I see, think we, we see it play out from time to time. It's not something to, to, to divorce ourselves from. It is a truth. And, uh, what was happening in a lot of the world when this was written and when this letter would be delivered was that people would think that because they're Jewish or because they were following the law, that they were justified before God. And he's laying the foundation here even for Gentile salvation where he says, no, it's not the following of the law that justifies you. It's the faith because those that have faith are the ones who find themselves justified before God. And he's even going to ramp that up a little bit here in just a minute. And he's going to identify the children of promise, the promise given to Abraham, the many, you know, the sands of the sea, uh, you know, stars of the sky, children, nations, blah, 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 of a great number. The children of that promise are not necessarily the ones who are children by lineage. I, hold on with me. <laughs> We're going to get there. Let's just keep reading. And we, and we see that. What he's going to take us to here is he says that David did the same thing. Look in verse 6. Let me change my note stand here. In verse 6, he says, Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the person to whom God credits righteousness apart from his works. You get this idea of credit. It's a legal term. Um, if, if I've got something that's been credited to me, it's mine. I didn't earn it, but it's given to me. It is a gift. He says, and, and he's quoting, I believe it's uh, Psalm 32. Blessed are those whose lawless acts are forgiven and whose sins are covered. 
Their sins are covered. Remember we talked last week about how he passed over the sins of the past. Even in the language of, what is it, verse 5, it says where he declared the ungodly were declared by God to be righteous. Not that they did anything to become righteous, but you and I are declared to be righteous by God because of our faith. It's not anything that we can do. This is not something we can attain to. It is literally given to us by God. Verse 8. Blessed is the person that the Lord will never charge with sin. What a promise coming off to chapter 3 where we think, Oh, goodness, the wrath of God's coming against unrighteousness. I'm full of unrighteousness. I, I have no hope. And he says, But wait a second. Blessed are the person who's not charged with their sin because the righteousness is laid over them because of their faith. And there's an age-old argument that says, Yeah, but if you have faith, that's actually a work. And, and you know, I'm not going to get into that today because Ephesians chapter 2, I believe, in verses 8 and 9, teach us that that faith that we have to believe in Him is actually comes from God as well. And, and He's the one that's in control. I guess that's what I really want you to take away from this, is that as this righteousness that's covering our sin is a gift from God. Um, another example we find down here in verse 9 of Abraham being justified by faith outside of the law. He says, Is the blessing only for the circumcised then, or is it also for the uncircumcised? Talking about the Jew and the Gentile. Those who've done everything right and those who are just not following because they're they're Gentiles. For we say faith is credited was credited to Abraham for righteousness. In what way then was it credited? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? It was not while he was circumcised, but uncircumcised. Let me make an analogy that it might make more sense to you um, or, or, or explain a little bit. In this particular time, and in this particular day especially, um, to be circumcised meant you were a Jew. To be uncircumcised meant you were not a Jew. You remember David stood before Goliath and he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He was drawing a, a distinction. That was the symbol of of we are the people of God with circumcision. And the point that Paul's making here was Abraham's faith credited to him while he was circumcised, while he was the flesh child of God, uh, you know, child, the father of Israel, or before he was circumcised. And the answer is really simple. It was before. He had his faith before the law, basically. He was justified before God apart from outside of the law, if you follow me. And so the case that's being made is here is that the justification before God has nothing to do with the law, nothing to do with how well you do and how much you do, nothing to do with it at all. We jump in here um, in verse 11. He says, And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had, that he had by faith while still uncircumcised. Let me put it to you a different way that you've probably heard before. That was an outward symbol of an inward something that had already happened. Where does that sound familiar to you? We say that all the time about baptism, believer's baptism, do we not? I mean, that's what we believe in is believer's baptism by submersion after um, conversion, after our belief, after the faith in God has come to, to live in our hearts. We go through the thing of baptism. The waters don't save us. It is an outward symbol of an inward action. That's something that's happening on the heart that's that's come in by God, initiated by God. We do this. Um, we have baptism to tell the world that that's where we are. We we identify with Him through baptism in the likeness of His death, raised in the likeness of His resurrection. It is a symbol outside. Now, the argument could be made, and I one of these days I may we may study this, and I 
personally believe that there's power in the baptism in the sense that it is a powerful moment in our walk with the Lord. It is one of those watershed, no pun intended, um, moments where we can put a stake in the ground and, and we're real. it's because you're vulnerable. Um, but I think there's something special. Maybe that's a better word. There's something special in the baptism because it's literally telling the world and giving proclamation to the faith that we have. Just as Abraham's circumcision was an outward symbol of a justification and faith that he already had outside of it. Um, it says, This was to make him the father of all who believe, but are not circumcised, so that righteousness may be credited to them also. In other words, it was part of the plan for Abraham to be justified outside of the, the law, outside of circumcision, to make him the father, not just of those who received the circumcision or were Jewish, but the father of those who believe. Those who outside, in other words, this was proof to you and I as Gentiles that salvation is also for us. The promise was for us. And then he says in verse 12, And he became the father of the circumcised, who are not only circumcised, but who also follow him in the footsteps of the faith of our father Abraham had while he was still uncircumcised. Let me put that to you a different way. This is important. This was all done, he said, and he became the father of the circumcised, let me read it again. Who were not only circumcised, but who also follow him in the footsteps of faith. I'm going to say something here that might freak some people out. Hey, Rebecca, nice to see you. Welcome. Uh, she says she's on late, but welcome. I'm glad you're here. Um, Abraham was not the father. How do I want to say this? this is going to, it's going to get tricky because I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. The promise that Abraham was given about the seed, the children of Israel, the children of God, that made Abraham their father, he says he was not the father to them who are only circumcised. In other words, lineage Jews, circumcised, everything right, everything following the law, that don't have faith in Christ, that don't believe in the Messiah, as they would teach it, as Jesus, he's not their spiritual father. And I know that freaks people out, but it's in the text. He's not the father of those who are only circumcised, but he's the father of those who are circumcised and follow in faith. And he's also the father of those who follow in faith and are not circumcised. So the gateway to being a child of Abraham and be able to sing the song, Father Abraham and many sons, and I am one of them, and so are you, is to enter by the way of, the, of faith, not of religion, as it were. Religion's not bad, but it won't save you. It doesn't bring us the righteousness that's imputed to us by God that saves us from His wrath. Only the faith does that. Hey, Kenneth Cash, nice for you to join us today on our podcast. I'm glad for you to be out there as well. And so as we look into chapter 4, and I'm, and I'm going to wrap it up. I don't want to be on long today because there's too much coming later in this for me to, to really do it justice in just a few minutes. Romans chapter 1, the wrath of God is coming against unrighteousness. Romans chapter 3, you and I have got a ton of unrighteousness in us. We don't seek after God. We're in trouble. However, as we get into the end of chapter 3 and chapter 4, beginning of chapter 4, what can protect us from the wrath of God that's coming is righteousness, is when he finds us righteous. Well, we can't, according to Romans chapter 3, find that righteousness. It has to be placed on us. We have to get it from somewhere else. We need to get it from Jesus because his is the only righteousness that works, that satisfies a holy and righteous God. And thankfully, we have the example of Abraham, 
who outside of the law, and I want to say it a different way, outside of his religious practices, received by faith the righteousness of Christ and finds peace. So if you hear that little song, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them and so are you if you have the faith that Abraham had. You can serve on every committee. You can be the Jew of Jews as, as what Paul described himself, but he was not a follower at the time. You can do everything. You can serve on the committees, teach the Sunday school, do the this, do the that. But without the righteousness of Christ, without the purity of his imputed laid upon us, gifted to us righteousness, uh, you can't be justified before God. And the flip side of that coin is, with it, you can be. And all it takes is faith in Christ. And so as we, we kind of wrap up today and we close it up, it's real simple. We are nothing without Christ, but with him, we have access to everything. The Bible would call us more than conquerors. As we study through Romans chapter 4, we'll get back together again next week and uh, marinate on that a little bit. Think about the fact that the, the, the promise given to Abraham is, I'm going to make you the, the, the father of many nations, of you know, souls and children as the, seas, as the sands of the sea and the stars in the sky. The gateway to that is through faith. And remember, Matthew 7 tells us not everybody who... Or the, the, the broad is the path that leads to destruction, narrows the way that leads, and few find it. If you remember Matthew chapter 7 at the end of it, um, there's people down there saying, but look what I did. I preached. I did this. I cast out demons. Varsity level religious operatives is I would, what I would call them. <laughs> I mean, they're doing the deal and still not in, as it were, because they didn't go by faith. Faith in Jesus is the thing. If you're out there and you're listening to this, you happen to see this, you stumble across us on Facebook or on YouTube, and you're like, man, I wanna, I'd, I'd like to have that faith, uh, contact us, message us on Facebook, send us a message on YouTube, send us a private message on Facebook, an email. You can email us at info at thecrucibles.fire.org, and uh, I might even can be able to put that up there for you maybe. Um, and uh, you know, email us. We'd love to get in contact with you and show you from the scriptures how you can have this same faith as well. We thank everybody for joining us today on the podcast. Um, as always, at the Crucibles Fire, we're here to help you learn, teach, repeat. Don't forget about August 14th, Men's Night of Renewal at the Bridge Fellowship. We'll be speaking. I'll be speaking. and have some other guys. Um, and when I say speaking, I mean, it's not going to be a lecture. It's going to be different. I want to encourage you to come. It's going to be a great time. of. Uh, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to be uh, there with us and be empowered in that. Pray for us as we uh, partner with Revelation 320 Art and work in uh, this ministry down in Huamave, Mexico. Uh, thank you, Pastor Gomez, for joining us today. And also be in prayer about uh, the next upcoming training. If you would like to learn, I didn't talk about this earlier, but if you're watching and you would like to learn how to study the Bible and, and do the Bible training that we're doing, that's what we do. We teach people how to study the Bible. And if you would like to, to get involved in that, we've got a tiny little portion of it available at courses.thecruciblesfire.org. I might even have that where I can pull it up here. Um, courses.thecruciblesfire.org, how to study the Bible. We have an introduction. It's just kind of the basics of it. Um, it doesn't cover everything. This is a two-day training course. It takes two full days to get through it, and we really need to do a little more than that. But there's videos and things you can sign up on there. And uh, uh, it does have a small cost to keep the spammers away. 
But if you'll private message me, I can give you a product. I'll give you a coupon code to get in there for free, and you can at least get a taste of what we're doing. We want to invite everybody, and if you would like us to come to your church and put on a How to Study the Bible um, training session for your congregation, man, we would love to do that. Just send us a message, give us an email, and uh, we would love to contact you and, and to get in touch with you about doing that. Again, as always, we're here to help you learn, teach, repeat. Join us next week, sun, uh, next Friday at, for Friday Live and Sunday night at 6 p.m. at Central Baptist Church in Athens, Texas. If you would like to hear about the mission trip and meet the mission team, we would love to have you. Um, I guess that's all we have for today. We'll talk to you later. See you guys next week.